shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. God will visit your life. God will visit your life as you have opened up yourself, open for his walk, open for his will, open for his end time will, open for eternal life. God will visit you. The Lord will bless you. The Lord will show you mercy everywhere you turn in your life. Everywhere you turn in your life, the Lord will be merciful unto you, spirit, soul, and body. I say visitation will come upon you all as you're opening up your houses and as you open up your hearts, open for the Lord to tabernacle. He will rest in you. He will build his ark in you. He will put his testimony in you. I say the associating powers, all the eternal powers that associate all that God does concerning his ark shall be in you, shall cover you, shall watch over you, shall provide for you, shall keep you, shall keep you in the message of our Lord Jesus Christ, open on to eternal life in the mighty name of Jesus we are prayed. Amen. Uh, praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. It's good to be with you guys again. Like I was saying earlier, it's been a long time I've been visited. This is our, you know, almost like our capital. <laughs> Amen. We have two houses in this building. Amen. And, I, and I've watched how you guys, you know, sometimes when people live together for too long a time, they begin to have strife. Am I communicating? He gets it. They begin to have strife. They begin to be divisions. Before you know it, one person says, I'm moving out. <laughs> I, I know there has, been, there has probably been, you know, potential issues like that. But the fact that God has still kept you guys together uh, is, is a mercy of God. You know, the people who can offend you the most are those closest to you. That's all. It hurts the most. I mean, it, it, it pains that sword. It gets me. It's more. It's more. It's more. It's more painful than the bazooka. <laughs> Those who are closest to your heart. Um. Uh, amen. amen. Uh, so is the reason why. Imagine if. Imagine if you live with somebody for two years. People want to hate each other. Imagine if you have to live with somebody for an eternity. Are you seeing why the preparation of Christ? If you want to live with somebody just for one year, for two years, it's like you want to blow the other person apart. <laughs> you are seeing all the infirmities, you want to blast the person out of your life. Am I communicating? So, how much more if you want to live with the same person for eternity? And that's the reason why God prepares us in Christ well before we enter into what they call the everlasting kingdom. And if God is going to be merciful to us tonight, we'll begin to visit. That's the issue of preparations. Why the preparations? Which is Christ. And if God is merciful, he would uh, make us also see some entrances into the everlasting kingdom. Amen. If God is merciful. Praise the name of the Lord. Uh, so we're going to start tonight. Uh, it's uh, Shifra's birthday. Uh, so we'll pray for her at the end of the service. Amen. So if by any chance I forget, someone remind me. Amen. Praise God. Uh, hallelujah. Uh, let's open the Bible to uh, Hebrews chapter 4. Praise the name of the Lord. I thank God tomorrow is Good Friday. So we're going to get some good rest. 
this weekend. Amen. Uh, let's see from uh, verse 14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Verse 16, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Uh, so the first thing is that all these things connect. Because I know many times, you know, in, in Christian circles, and, and, I, and I applaud them because you don't need to pray for anything. Uh, but, you know, the Bible says that um, he who is a babe is what? Is unskillful. For everyone that uses milk is what? Is unskillful in the world of righteousness, for he is a babe. So anyone who is using the milk of the world, you, would, you don't expect them to have the accurate definitions. Amen? The accurate understandings, the accurate definitions of scriptures. So it's permitted. But as we grow together in Christ, we begin to see the true meaning of certain things. And this one is a very important one here. In this Hebrews chapter 4. Because it started with succeeding, you were seeing somebody. In verse 14. You were seeing a great high priest that is passed into the heavens. Who is this? Jesus, the Son of God. Now, this one is not just the Christ here. It's actually the Son of God. Amen. You began to see. how. What made you see him? Let's go up a little bit more from verse 11. You will see what made you see him. <laughs> it will take Christ to even see the Son of God. Am I communicating? It will take the doctrine of Christ to even see him as the Son of God. Let's, let's do it properly. Verse 11. He says, let us labor. Whenever we talk about labor, my little children in whom I travel, in whom I labor, not so, that Christ be formed in you, not so. So he says, let us labor therefore to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. For the word of God, so what caused you for labor? What brought you in, what the exercise of your labor is the word of God. The exercise of your labor to come into rest is what? Is the word of God, which is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even, even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrows, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Oh, this, this dimension, this word of God, the word of God is Christ. And also the Son of God. Amen. The Word of God in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. And the Word was made flesh. So the Word is Jesus Christ, the Son of God. So when, the, the, when, when a man has come under the operation of the Word of God, it starts with Jesus the name Jesus, you know, the name Jesus, which is actually the dimension of milk, Holy Ghost. 
that the name of Jesus every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord and then miracles happen in his name but really when you say when you, when you call the name and then the miracle happens amen who does the miracle is actually the Holy Ghost but the Holy Ghost responds to that name because that name is the stature of the Holy Ghost Praise the name of the Lord. Uh, we're not going to rush tonight. So just relax. Amen. Let's see John chapter 14. That name Jesus. Thank you so much. John chapter 14. pray you another 16 yes John chapter 14 verse 16 is where I'm looking for it says and I'll pray the father and he shall give you what another comforter another means there's one existing right now do you get me but he's about to go to the father <laughs> I like communicating so I I am a, I am your comforter right now but I'm about to go to the Father. So when I go to the Father, I will pray him to send you another comforter. It means the stature called Jesus is a comfort. That name Jesus in the spirit is equivalent to the Holy Ghost. Amen. It's equivalent to the stature of the Holy Ghost as in the stature of the Holy Ghost as miracle worker. Stature of the Holy Ghost as signs and wonders. The statue of the Holy Ghost as provider. All those are statues of comfort. For example, if a man has not eaten all day, not so, he's in discomfort. So when you pray to the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus for provision and God provides food for you, what has he just done? He has brought comfort. Most people who come with prayer burdens in their heart is out of discomfort. So you need a comforter. So the dimension of milk of the world, amen, amen. is a dimension of comfort. It is the dimension of pampering, is a dimension of comfort. Amen. amen. And it's a good dimension, although if a man is too comfortable, <laughs> if a man is too much at comfort, what will happen is that you will not be able to go for the next level. You can give them their iPad or put their internet on it for them to watch. Amen. So, the realm of milk is what? It's the realm of comfort. And every now and again, it's good to taste comfort. Amen. It's not good for a man to just be in discomfort all his life. Every now and I'm praying tonight that God will comfort you. The Lord will remember you even in the realm of milk, in the realm of comfort, and begin to bring answers to our prayers. In the mighty name of Jesus. I pray for this house and the other house in this building. I pray for you both. 
I said the Lord will bring comfort. You will know him again as comforter. In the mighty name of Jesus. He will bring answers to prayers. He will bring answers to deep-rooted prayers in your heart. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So that is the first name of, the first name. You know, there are three names, really. Jesus Christ was the Son of God. And all those three names are the Word of God. Mm. You need to reduce the volume or come over here. So that's what I'm saying. Praise God. So, Jesus what? Christ. So, Jesus, then Christ. So, milk, then meat. And then the Son of God is what? A strong meat. Are we seeing the dimensions now? So, all your life, you are learning from those three names. Amen. All your life, you are what? You are learning from those three names. What are the three names? Jesus, Christ, and the last one is what? The Son of God. Now, the inside those three names are also levels and also a transition. So it's not like you finish Jesus and start Christ. No, they don't just call him Jesus. When you add Christ to Jesus, that's all. You add Christ to Jesus. You add meat to milk. You add Christ to what? To Jesus. Amen. Why? Because there is a dimension of sonship even in the when you get to the by the time a man is getting to the I'm going somewhere tonight. By the time a man is getting to the height of the name Christ, the Bible, the Bible will say that the, the foundation of the Lord standeth sure that everyone that named the name of Christ depart from iniquity. I remember in Canada SOS in January we were taught that that there is a named Christ, meaning there is a Christ that is polished. There is a Christ that has come to perfection, which is a precious cornerstone. That Christ, who is a precious cornerstone, is already a son, but they call him the son of the living God. Is the first dimension of sonship. Amen. I'll make it simple. What I'm saying is that you cross over. Amen. You don't like finish Jesus and you are done with Jesus and start Christ. Do you get me? You don't like finish Christ and you are done with Christ and start Son of God. There's a crossover. It's like there's a link. It's a continuity of growth. So as a man who is reaching the height of his Christ, he's becoming a son already. But he has not finished sonship. Because to finish sonship, you must come into the realm of perfect obedience. Amen? Amen. To begin sonship, the first son is a man who has come into the realm of perfect knowledge. And that's what Peter said by revelation to Jesus. That thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. It means Jesus at that hour. Hear me somebody. Jesus at that hour, what has happened to him? 
He has known all of the Father. Are you with me? He has come into the knowledge of what? Of all of the Father. That they call him, thou art the Christ, the what? The Son of the living God. Then Jesus says, if flesh and blood are not revealed unto you, but my Father, is it that? My Father, it means the Father has marked Jesus in the Spirit and said, this one knows all of me. He is now a Son. He's not just a Christ. He's now a named Christ. A finished, a polished Christ that is now breaking into sonship. Immediately a man has perfected knowledge. Jesus himself knew that the next thing is to perfect obedience. Immediately he knew it was time for the cross. So, the learning of Christ can lead you to a dimension of sonship. We are going to visit many things today. Just stay with me. The learning of Christ can lead you to what? A dimension of sonship. But obedience... Perfect obedience will lead you to what? To the finishing. Full Son of God. And why am I saying all this? It's the full Son of God that they saw in Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16. Seeing then we have such a great high priest. Jesus, the Son of God. Amen. Amen. And you cannot even see him as the Son of God if you have not done some Christ. Is a Christ who can see the Son of God. Is a man who has lent Christ to a dimension, journeyed in the holy place, meaning being a, a Christ simply means you are a spiritual man. And it means you can see spiritual things. And we all know that the Son of God is God, not so. And God is a spirit. <laughs> so if we take a man who is become, why they call spiritual man? He's still a man, but he's also spiritual. So he has added spirit to his man. That's a Christ. He has added what? Spirit to his man. Meaning he has added, added the knowledge of a spirit to his man. He has added what? The knowledge of a what? Of a spirit to what? To his man. So they call him a what? A spiritual man. So no longer, no wonder that a spiritual man can cite God who is a spirit. Have we not seen it? So before, before, while you are in milk, there is nothing spiritual about you really. A man who is just feeding on milk, there is really nothing yet spiritual about that man. You are a flesh who is liking God. <laughs> That's milk. Just like boys will like a girl, or a girl will like a boy. Do you get me? They are both in the flesh. <laughs> the boy is liking the girl, the girl is liking the boy in the flesh. Do you get me? So, and how did, how, how did the girl get to like the boy? Because the boy said some things. Do you get me? The boy said some things and bought some milk products for the girl. I mean, brought some comfort. Remember, Holy Ghost is the comfort and milk. What's the comfort? Take you out and spend some, a nice dinner on you. Do you get me? That maybe you haven't gone out in a few months. 
even just that feeling, that aura, is a comfort. You know, ah, you know, because at least somebody has taken me out. You get me? Are you seeing that? Is a comfort. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Yeah, because the way the world is, so many ladies are in discomfort. These boys are not taking them out. <laughs> They are discomforted. Where will my own tongue come? Yeah, man, shall we go on Instagram and see a guy and a boy and you don't do them at their healthy house? You can say, where my own tongue? So what's, what happens are those images are building discomfort inside your soul. That when a boy will now come and just say a few words and give you a few milk, you'll be comforted. <laughs> so in milk, of the world dimension, God is just also toasting you, really, by giving you comforting things, by giving you milk. So you are liking God. You have not seen Him. You have not known Him, but you are liking Him. Do you know in milk of the world? If you see it, people, when you see an anointed minister of God, men, people like to gather around them. Do you know why? It's because of comfort they are giving them. There's a reverence that people who are immune give to their man of God. Are you hearing me? That is more than people who are in meat. <laughs> Am I communicating? I said there's a reverence that people who are in milk of the word of God give to their man of God that is more than people who are in meat. Why? Simply because they are being comforted. In meat, I don't think I've comforted you guys enough. Rather, I give you guys problem. <laughs> Every giving us problem, problem. Ever since you encountered to my life, problem. <laughs> Tribulation, trial issues. <laughs> Whereas in a milk minister is busy comforting the people. You get me? <laughs> and so people, people tend to gasp. Sometimes we will see them as the, as a god. Because they, have not, they don't know the God. So this is what they see. <laughs> so you see them, they, you see the men in Canada, they were giving them money. Say, I say, Pastor, man of God, that thing you said, you prophesied into my life. I got the contract. I want to give you my tithe. <laughs> it's because they've been comforted. And there's a hard nature that if you have been comforted, well, you want to give. Amen. So to be a minister of Christ is tough. <laughs> because they are not come to comfort, they have come to scatter <laughs> and build again. <laughs> so we are not as appreciated. <laughs> Amen. Amen. In, in, in opposite, we are fought out. We are wrestled with. Amen. Until you now begin to see the, the goodness for your soul yourself. Praise the name of the Lord. So how, all I'm saying, we start with Hebrews chapter 4. All I'm saying is that this verse 14, what were they seeing? Verse 14, what were they seeing? Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passing to the heavens, Jesus the Son of God. They were seeing Jesus in his form, not just Christ anymore. They were seeing Jesus who? The Son of God. 
Just leave him. Is it not peace? Amen. Okay, put maybe another shoe for him. Coco melon or something. Or Paw Patrol. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Now, let's see this this verse 14. Seeing then we have such a great high priest. Is those who are spiritual men, I said, right? Those whose eyes have been enlightened that can see this Jesus, the Son of God. Let's see if you die Ephesians chapter 1, you just should just buttress that point. We're going to make a lot of progress tonight, if God will permit. Let's see verse 17. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. Verse 18. The eyes of your understanding being what? Enlightened. So it it means once you get the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, of Christ, the eyes of your understanding is being enlightened and you begin to see. So eyes is for seeing. So it means that it would take a man who is learning Christ to see Jesus, the Son of God. Exactly. Because it's not everybody that is seeing Jesus, the Son of God. What mm-hmm. most people have seen are seeing Jesus, the miracle worker. You know, there's Jesus, the miracle worker. That's the first name. There is Jesus the Christ. That's the second dimension, the second learning. And then there is Jesus the Son of God. It will take a Christ to see Jesus the Son of God. Then after that, he says, after they said Jesus the Son of God, you are seeing this Jesus the Son of God. They said, let us hold fast our profession. What is our profession? Your profession is that whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ. Are you seeing? Are you seeing? That's the profession. Abide. To stay on something. So our profession all these years has been Christ. So if somebody asks you, what is your profession? My profession is Christ. I know you have any profession. Uh, but really, spiritually speaking, your eternal profession is Christ. Profession means, when they say profession, Monday to Friday, meaning everyday job, I must be picking Christ somewhere. By Bible study, by, by you know, messages, whatever it is, on a daily basis, give us our daily bread. I should be picking Christ somewhere in my life. It means it has become a profession. That's how you know a profession. Because every day I listen to a message. Is that not a profession? Yes. So it has become a profession. So hold fast your profession. Because they are saying, is this your profession that will help you get to where they want you to end up in?
moment you are in Christ, that begins to see, or the moment you are learning Christ, and you begin to see Jesus Christ, or Jesus, the Son of God here, you will also see all your infirmities. That's verse 15. It will take someone who is in the learning of Christ to see all his infirmities. Think about it. Why you were just, you know, a regular Christian, in, sorry, just you know, normal milk Christian, still pursuing your ambition and flesh. You're not even can call it flesh. Not so. They def- when you're a carnal Christian, you defend your carnality, don't you? You're spiritual. You won't say God, God likes it. <laughs> so you see nothing wrong. You see nothing wrong in your carnality. You will see nothing wrong in your behaviors. You will see nothing lo- wrong in the way you, the mannerism of how you carry your life. Because you are, your eyes of understanding have not been enlightened. So it would take a man whose eyes of understanding have been enlightened, who is becoming a Christ, or becoming a stone, to see his infirmities. So the man will see Jesus, the Son of God. Amen. But have a dimension of Christ, which is called sincerity. There's a journey, there's a dimension in Christ as you are journeying in Him where you become sincere with yourself, with your state. That you will not, you will check it the most, many of them, many of your brethren, your sense out there in the body are not yet sincere. It's in sincerity that will cause a man who is carnal to say he's okay, he's right with God. <laughs> and he's okay. It's in sincerity. Somewhere inside they know they have habits. Somewhere inside they know they have problems. But they will not say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Well, show me the scripture. They, you know, they, will now, show, they will show me the scripture. They will say that ye might be the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. But they will now force their own. <laughs> they somehow, they just force it. It's insincerity. You are seeing it. It says that you might be. There is nowhere in the Bible where it actually says that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He says that ye might be the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. But yes, you can you can't claim it because the spirit of righteousness is in your spirit. So in your spirit, you have the righteousness of God. Amen. But not in your soul. You are not living it out. You don't even have it to live it out. So it will take any and the beginning. So when Christ is coming to a man, when the eyes of one understanding is enlightened, amen. The man will begin to learn Christ. And as he's learning Christ, he'll begin to become more repentant. Meaning he has to become more humble, more repentant, and all of a sudden he begins to see all the issues of his life. That, wow, okay, so my soul is not yet saved. Oh my God. So there's the end of my faith, which is the salvation of the soul. It will take a humble man, 
We say with meekness, the engrafted word that is able to save our souls. It will take a humble man to begin to agree with such things. And the moment you begin to agree with such things, you now start seeing the problems of your soul. It's such a man who can see Jesus, the Son of God. And when you see Jesus, the Son of God, you will now see the more infirmities. They know it. The moment you cite that pain called Jesus, they know it. They don't even allow people to cite the pain if you're not spiritual. You, you, the thing will scatter you. You won't be able to take it. So they won't let you see that being, except you, are, you, are, you have the eyes of your understanding enlightened. Praise the name of the Lord. Glory to God. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So, do you have a question? Yeah, just a question. Yes. What's the sign that would make you Yeah. So I'm saying a spiritual man can see the Son of God. Yes. So what's the sign that will make you see you need to be spiritual from carnal, or that will make you see spiritual from from being flesh when you are carnal? What's the sign? Hi. It's messy. In fact, both dimensions are messy. Even the second dimension, by the time you see the gap between you and Jesus, the Son of God, you almost want to run away from the journey. It will take mercy to keep you going, as we will see later. But who wants to get you to see, the breakthrough to see, it takes mercy. Because a man can live all his life without the spirit of wisdom and revelation and think he's okay. And he'll be a Christian. And he'll actually think he's okay. And there's nothing more to Christianity. Until he gets to heaven and sees his state. It's an unfortunate thing. Because somebody who has the spirit of wisdom and revelation, it doesn't show their forehead. So he to the other brother who doesn't have it, who is still blind, he just looks like we are brothers. And we are both talking scripture. If you talk your own, I can talk my own. <laughs> So when I'm sharing with them, they also want to share back. You get <laughs> to show that, you know, it's not okay, you have brought your own piece of the understanding. Do you get me? We have our own piece of the understanding, and then everybody is the same, everybody is equal. So it will just take mercy. Because there's nothing, everything is words. I spoke my words, you spoke your words. So to you, I spoke words, and then what did you do? You also spoke words, and there's no difference. But what makes a difference? I begin to see that God has shown someone mercy for eyes of understanding to be enlightened, is that the person begins to receive a humility, a meekness. The Bible says, receive with meekness the engrafted word, that is able to what? To save our souls. And this thing is, I, this, this one, I'll just share a story. Is this, um, there's a church that Reverend Kay and the wife went to recently that I think through their son here in Canada, who is in, who is, happens to be in, uh, in, uh, in uh, Ottawa. They are, his parents are, are pastors. And I think one of our programs you know, there was some kind of connection. The mom was around, was in the School of the Spirit program then. 
And so the mom being the pastor of the pastor's wife really just enjoyed. She didn't understand, she probably didn't understand much of what we did in the conference, but she really enjoyed Reverend. And saw our our love, our unity, our harmony. And so they started inviting them to come to their church. And actually, this the man loves Reverend now, but the man has been in ministry longer than Reverend in a sense. In, in a battle. So it would take what the only thing that would take, I mean, I've, I've been in ministry for 40 years. What does this man have to come and offer me that I don't already know? In fact, not only has he been in ministry for a long time, since, since I was born, I see it. He has been in ministry for a long time. Not only that, he also mentors pastors in Ibadan. That pastor. So he's almost, people look, other churches, other pastors, ministries look up to him. And they hold programs for other churches in the Lebanon. So, somebody who has come to that height, what would it take for him to sit down and hear this kind of message? Pure mercy. And what the mercy will work in the heart. There's something you always notice someone who is finding mercy in God's sight. Their heart is turning. What is, what is turning in their heart? Their heart is becoming more humble. More humble. And God has a way of sending preachers of revelation to such people who have found mercy. And before he would send a picture of Revelation, I'm just just seeing how it works. I know it doesn't always work this way. Amen? So God has different methods of reaching out to people. It doesn't always work this way. Amen? Amen. So God can just send, God will prepare the person maybe for years. The person will just be wondering, ah, I think there is more. I don't think I've understood the Bible enough. Before maybe he will send somebody that has revelation. It could be you one day. There could be somebody else there that God will connect you with in years to come. I know of somebody who I know of somebody who there were there were there were two people, ladies, who were in a another kind of Bible study before. Then one, got married into eternal life. You get me? Married a brother who was in eternal life. And the brother began to teach her and now showed her. You get me? And so she, she saw light and came. Years later, she had a friend who was still in that Bible study. And the friend was now realizing that maybe there's something more. And so she left that Bible study, so they were not really talking for years, like one or two years. But then, before I know, the friend decided becoming close with her again. He got me trying to come and visit oh, How are you? I want to come and visit you. Not knowing she was looking for something. She wanted to go. <laughs> she was saying, her life, this one's life is changing. So she wanted to be close to her again. Before I know, they started realizing both the husband, the husband was like, it looks like this girl maybe wanted to hear what you have to say, you want to do this because she was there before in this place. 
and that was an open door. And so they began to show her this light. Teach her righteousness, teach her Christ. Amen? And that's how she was also won over. Praise the name of the Lord. Let's see. This is important. Let's see Daniel chapter 12, verse 2. 2 and 3. Jenny, you can help us read. Um, and many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, some to shame and everlasting content. Those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the firmament. Mm-hmm. And those Number who one. Are, and those who turn them into righteousness like the stars forever. So which one is number one? Them who are wise. Then which one is number two? Who turn many to righteousness? Yeah, it's actually that right. Them who are wise are them who go for righteousness. Do you know why? Who is Christ? Christ, the wisdom and the power of who? Of God. So, Jenny, uh, if you are wise in God's sight, you will go for his wisdom. Uh-huh. So, them who are wise are them who went who led Christ. <laughs> uh-huh. Who went for the wisdom and the power of God? Amen? Amen. Then the second one, and then who turned many to Christ? <laughs> to righteousness. Romans chapter 1. Righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. The Christ, the gospel of Christ, the power of God. So the first one is for what? The first one there, that brightness of the firmament is actually, I don't have the time to go into the details, but actually the realm of everlasting. You will do it, you will be wise unto everlasting life. Or unto eternal life. The Bible says the holy scriptures, which is Christ, which are able to make thee wise unto what? Unto salvation. And salvation is everlasting life. Which everlasting life is the first door of eternity. Hear me? Everlasting life is your very trapped eternity. In everlasting life. The, the, the beginning of eternity is everlasting life. Amen? So the Holy Scriptures or the doctrine of Christ is able to make you wise. So them who are wise are them who abide in the doctrine of Christ. You can write that. So it means that a man who doesn't abide in the doctrine of Christ is what? Uh, it's foolish. And what foolish is the correct word? It's dumb. <laughs> you get, so we should say this is well. It's dumb. <laughs> and a fool can think he's wise. There's a way that cement right onto a man. It means that man thinks he's wise. <laughs> A fool can think he's wise. It's God who is seen afar off. He's seen the end thereof. You are only seeing the calculation. Okay, if I do this, I'm a sharp boy. Okay, so if I do this, I'll do that. I'll do this. In five years' time, I'll be like this. Hmm. But God has said, okay, I'm not talking about five years. In 20 years' time, you will die. <laughs> you have calculated five years. I'm seeing how the thing will end in 20 years' death. 
you're thinking most of our minds can only stretch that long five years ten years and then you calculate your life for ten years and you think you are a wise guy without submitting the path your life to God so they that are wise shall shine like what the brightness of the firmament I call that everlasting life and they that turn many to righteousness what like what like the stars forever. I call that eternal life. Just leave it like that because to explain it, we have to delve into that realm. So forever means eternal. The firmament, who, which, what kind of beings live in the heavens? Hmm? What kind of beings live in the heavens? Everlasting beings. Do you know some of those, those cherubims, they are, they are everlasting. They have excellent strength, everlasting strength. The problem of the earth is an everlasting fallen being. He's a dragger. He can drag you <laughs> for a long time. He also has that dimension of everlasting. He, he fell from the everlasting. He's seen it from the beginning. The beginning, I told you, is the, is the beginning of eternal life. Everlasting life is the beginning of eternal life. Have I confused somebody? He was a son of the morning. The realm of the morning is the realm of brightness. Brightness of the firmament, meaning the realm of everlasting life. Amen. And the realm of forever. You are now entering into eternal. Well, let's leave it like that. So, the first one is what? They that be wise, meaning they that was abide in the doctrine of Christ. And then the second one is this, they that turn many to righteousness. All that means is that they that bear fruit. Remember I thought this. When you begin to bear fruit, it's the last one for eternal life. So turning many to righteousness doesn't mean that every only one of us, amen, it doesn't mean that Jenny, you know, everybody will not go and start preaching to people to make them learn Christ. Do you know what it could mean? It could mean that the, the body, the platform God has set up for the ministration of Christ, you are paying sacrifice to it so that it will be attractive for people to come and stay. <laughs> that is part of doing your part in turning many to righteousness. Let me just give a quick, a quick example. Let's say a couple of new people come to the fellowship and we're teaching them Christ. And you know that Pastor James is busy, Pastor Femi is busy. And you just, in your heart, just decide, no, I want to follow up on this person and make sure I'll be checking in on this person. Do you know what you have just done? You have turned many to righteousness. It could be anything. Some people, they did it by even them who, catch them who were rich among you. They did it by donating, giving their substance to the work. Amen? Because by giving your substance to the work, maybe we can rent a bigger hall. Do you get me? Or a hotel that will attract people for convention. Do you get me? <laughs> there are different ways. All it just means is that being fruitful for, for the cause of turning many to righteousness. So, for example, if together we are the ones operating a platform 
and 50 people come because they like what they see when they come, what they hear and how our manner of life is. After five years, another 50 people come. Do you know who God will account that turning many to righteousness to? He will account it to all our behalf because we work together. Are you hearing me? To provide the, the, the conducive life for men to land and stay. Aha. So that turning many to righteousness, we can do it as one as a people. And it will be accounted to us. And God will reward us together as a people. With eternal life. I always tell people, hear me. That when God wants to bless, God, you know, in this, in this season, they are saying everlasting life, everlasting life. The people will tell me, Pastor James, what is this thing they are saying? They are not ark. As you have, you check it. <laughs> but let me tell you the secret. If we are a household, and God knows that we are a house, we are together. If only one person understands what God has brought, to God, how many people have gotten it? The whole house. Because God is not just looking at the today, this April that He's bringing it. In 10 years' time, if Jane doesn't understand it this April, in 5 years' time she'll understand it because it's part of what? The house. That's why the, you see those apostles, why did they, they almost flood us with abide? It's like, <laughs> why are they flooding us with abide? Abide, abide. Because they know not everybody is understanding what we are saying. So I constantly be like, okay, if you're not understanding something, let it hang on your head. One day, as long as you're in the house, the house, the thing will land on the air. Because I remember when they started ministering in EGFM, Faith of the Sun, Faith of the Sun, like these people are another new faith. They're not differentiated. And they will make sure, I'm like, why can't you just call it faith to faith? Yeah, it's not what they say, but, <laughs> but they were so hammering on it. Because it was an issue in Lagos. You know, they, you know, they got faith of the faith of uh, the faith towards God, then faith of the soul. They were hammering it and hammering it. I wasn't understanding when they started talking about that, emphasizing it so much. But when God was bringing it, they came to the whole house. Now, today, everybody, almost all of us understand faith of the soul, don't we? How many years later? <laughs> Seven years, five years later, we have finally understood what? Faith of the Son of God. <laughs> Something that God brought to the house seven years, seven years, four, six, five years ago. So that's how God, once God brings it, He has blessed the house. And so, the wisdom a wise man will keep the house. Mm-hmm. You know, you know that God is here. That content, Christ, God is here. You will keep the house until we break into it. Does he want to sleep or? <laughs> Amen. Are we blessed tonight? So now, let's go back to that Hebrews chapter 4 that we've been visiting, we're visiting. 
as I was reading, seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. You see, this, this is actually the end one, the last. This is God, oh God. Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold past our profession. What is our profession? Christ. Verse 15, for we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but we in all points tempted like we are, yet without sin. So he's trying to say that, no, calm down. We know you can see all your problems. Don't run away. Stay. Why? Because the Jesus, the Son of God you are seeing, was once like you. I don't know if you can hear me. <laughs> the way you are, as in that you are seeing, he was seeing his father. That he had spirit of wisdom and revelation. He also was a point. Why he was on earth, he also had just spirit of wisdom and revelation. And he was also just saying the fact. <laughs> huh? But he had it earlier than most. Maybe at 12 he had it already. Are you hearing me? Maybe at what? 12 he had it already. Are we okay in the house tonight? Sorry, we may just go a bit over. You know, it's it's long weekend, eh? <laughs> okay. Praise God. I may not see your business for one month. Please, <laughs> we want to we want to align and be blessed. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Are we okay, Shifra? <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. So, now, this verse 16, you will now understand this verse 16 properly. Verse 16 is not, is not for everybody. It's not everybody that comes boldly. It's not when, if you want flesh, they, won't, they are not coming boldly. If you want flesh, they will send your ministry in angel to go and deliver your flesh request to you. Nobody comes to the throne of grace in this dimension asking for, for rice and juice. <laughs> By the time you are coming to the throne of grace, you are seeking to be like the Jesus that is sitting on the throne, the Son of God that you are seeing. Amen? Because what did you come to the throne of God? Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain what? Food? No. Health? No. Obtain mercy and do what? And find grace to help in time of need. The time of need just occurred the day you saw Jesus, the Son of God, and saw who you really were. Immediately, the, the need, breakthrough of understanding of need. That's the day your need began. So when you pray, pray, can I pray as God brought out my bread, bring me this, you are praying to heaven, not so? And your angels answer to God. You have an angel, ministry angel. When God will answer the prayer and send the angel, it's not you that is there. There's a distance. It's be, angel will not be the mediator. Do you get me? Your angel will take your request. <laughs> Instead, we go to God. God will answer the prayer. The angel will come and give you the flesh that you asked for. This one is different. This one, you yourself, not angel. You yourself are coming boldly to the throne of grace where God is, the Jesus you saw. 
The Jesus, the Son of God you saw, sitting on that throne, is who you are coming to. So when you are coming, you are seeking the grace that made him the Son of God. Because every building, he was the first. Jesus, the chief cornerstone, he was also built with shoutings and crying, saying grace and grace unto it. Full of grace and truth. It means that's what beauty. Grace and truth. Truth is the Christ dimension. Grace is what brought him into Godhood. This manner of grace. It's also grace that brings truth to. Yeah? Hear me? It's also grace that brings truth. Everything is grace and grace. But there's a way grace can now also bring you into grace. is like, hi, Jesus Christ. Grace is like an effervescence. You know, you can burn something. You can burn something that it will begin to produce, it will begin to produce incense. Do you get me? A man can be so full of truth that the truth cannot turn to graciousness. It begins to produce a smell. Abundance. It will begin to run over. Praise the name of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Are we ready in the house tonight? Yes, sir. What did he say? He said, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of what? The throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Somebody help me. What, what is the time of need here? I just explained. Chilima, help me. Time of need. It's when you start to see Jesus, the Son of God. Uh-huh. And you start to see, you will understand it. Yes. When you start to see Jesus, the Son of God, and you start to see your infirmities. Your infirmities. How imperfect you are. Yes. Like, you start to see like, the standard of Christ. Yes. That grace to, to bridge the gap. What do they call Jesus? The repairer of the bridge. What bridge is the bridge between us and him? Jiggers. He's a construction project manager. That's all. He will build the he will build the bridge, the gap. Amen. And there's something, grace, it will take grace. Grace is what it will take to build them anything and everything. But there's a way, there's an order in the spirit. There's an order in the spirit. You can't get grace without mercy. Uh, <laughs> I think grace is like an incense, like a smoke. And whenever there's a smoke, there's a fire. Mercy is the fire. You will obtain mercy first. Then find grace. A man who has not obtained mercy will not receive this kind of grace. To become a son of God? Hey! To become a son of God? What 
have you done to deserve it? Nobody has done anything to deserve it. It has to be before they even give you the grace to become like you must have found mercy. Every you, you and the person who is giving you the mercy, you will know that you don't deserve it. That is a mercy operation of God. Can we see these things? We don't see these things. We still have many things to cover tonight. Amen. Alright? Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Let's see. Uh, uh, let me read Zechariah chapter 4. Not by power nor by might, but by my spirit, said the Lord. Then he answered and spake unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, nor by power, but by the Spirit, said the Lord of hosts. Mm -hmm. Who art thou, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, thou shalt, come, thou shalt become a plain, and he shall bring forth the headstone, therefore, with shoutings, crying, Grace, grace, grace unto thee. Shoutings, cryings. It means grace is preached. Those shoutings are ministrations, preachings, preachings, prayer, preachings, prayer, preachings, shoutings, crying. <laughs> Amen? Anyone who was able to connect on Saturday, we establish how grace comes. Not so. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 2. Grace and peace be on grace and peace be multiplied unto you through what? Through the knowledge. Ah. So a man is preached into grace. Do you know? Do you know what this, this life is? They will preach you until the thing burst out of you. It will burst over. That's what Daniel chapter 12 is really saying. They that be wise, meaning they that learn Christ, because Christ is the wisdom and power of God, shall, shall shine like the brightness of the firmaments. You, they will preach Christ into you that he will burst over, that you will by nature begin to bear fruit that will turn many to righteousness. <laughs> Your cup will run. It means a time will, you know that sometimes when you'll be so free, there's a night you'll be feeling full. Fullness is not enough, it should run over. You, they must preach you unto run over. When the thing starts smelling on you, uh, when people say things start smelling on your body, grace will start smelling out of you. The incense of the world that has turned to graciousness. We have not come there yet, have we? We will know, we will see the impact when we have come there. Where you are a living, you are a Christian, <laughs> you are walking, grace is walking. <laughs> I say, you are walking, what is walking? Grace is walking. Is it that day they will see your good works? It's not, you know, you know, you know, you know those, uh, hey, they will see your good works and glorify who? That means they knew it was the Father's works. They will see this man and say, this is, a, this is a God walk. This is a God operation. Oh, wow. Oh, this, is not, this is not ordinary. You'll be smelling of you. You have so abundance. 
It will be smelling everywhere you go. We are not there yet, are we not? It's everlasting life that will make you get there. Hi. And that everlasting life that they are being to arc is actually the, the realm of arc. And if you check it, I'll just touch on this briefly, maybe if God will permit, we'll visit it again. But if you check it, everywhere the ark is, there will be things that follow the ark. Thunders, lightnings, earthquake, great hail. Why are they following the ark? It's abundance. Everywhere the ark is, things are following the ark. If when a man is made an ark, many man, an ark is an everlasting being. When a man is made an ark, he depends, he won't even need to be talking, he won't even be saying anything. Thunder in the spirit, souls will be things will be falling in people's souls because of your works, because of your nature. Everywhere the ark landed in Mount Moriah in the Exodus, when God wanted to visit them, they said, Moses, no, things they had, they knew. <laughs> hey Moses, you go, please leave us alone. <laughs> they know when you those things, will, you will know that things have to drop. When you are dealing with some certain people, you will know that I can't just be the same way I am and be close to this person. You will know that things have to change. Things will have to drop. The person will not want to say anything to you by his, by his, by his nature, by his effervescence. <laughs> it's called abundant grace. And we can come into it. But it's a method of coming into it. Can we say there's a method of coming into it? Let's see Isaiah 55. From verse 1. We'll see it well here. Paulette, help us. Oh, everyone that thirsts, come ye to the waters, and he that has no money, come ye, buy and eat ye, come, buy wine and milk without money, and without price. Wherefore do ye, do ye spend money for that which is not bread, and your labor for which, which satisfieth not? Hacking diligently unto me, and eat ye that which is good. And let your soul delight itself. All this is Christ's realm. Christ's realm. Keep going. Incline your ear and come unto me. Hear and your soul shall live. And your soul shall live. So Christ is life. Mm -hmm. And I will make an everlasting covenant. Ah, glory to God. After your soul has lived, then they will now make everlasting covenant. Mm -hmm. Are you saying it? Mm -hmm. So, a soul, you see, it will take a Christ for them to make an everlasting covenant with. Mm. Bible is too complete. Are you seeing the labor? He said, why do you labor? Rather, it means Christ is a labor. Mm. Why do you labor for that which is not bread? Meaning, come and labor for the bread of life. Mm. Wow. Labor for it well until your soul is fat with it. Because fatness is fullness. But fatness is not overflow yet. Mm. Oh, hear me. You can have fullness of Christ, but it's not turned to alcohol. Every person. Mm. 
incense, graciousness growing out of you. They will have to make an everlasting covenant, the act of the covenant. But first, your soul must live. Some of us are so are not lived well yet. The fatness, we are not yet fat. Progress <laughs> 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 of overflow. It will take a fat soul to the, the, the next level for a fat soul is now the overflow. It's process. You can't skip school. You cannot be leaning your soul and be taking an overflow. <laughs> There's still space. Let us first chuck the word here first. In the, in the witness. Amen. When there is now no more space in the soul for to put the word, it will now force out. As grace. <laughs> Amen. So, are you seeing how this thing works? Is life, 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 Christ. Oh, life is Christ. Christ, 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 life, life, life. You are full of life. You are full of Christ. Don't stop there. Life, 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 life. Death. Lasting life. Lasting life. Lasting life. Everlasting life. It's a one-way road. I am the way. The truth and the life. It's a one-way road. You will keep journeying. They say, whosoever transgresseth and, and, and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ, hath not God. You can't break into everlasting without staying. Why is why they staying? You may think you are full, still don't break away. There's another thing higher than fullness. My cup runneth over. Was that not the last thing of that psalm? That psalm was talking about that will lead me in the path of righteousness. When I name say, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, that what 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 will happen? I shall fear no evil for what? Thy rod and thy that's Christ. Thy rod and thy staff, thy Christ and thy Holy Ghost. Rod, Christ, staff, Holy Ghost will comfort you and lead you. So Holy Ghost will be leading you for as many as are led by the Spirit of God. And he had the sons of God. will be leading you with, and will be teaching you the Christ. The leading of the Holy Spirit in the realm of Christ is how to conform to what you are hearing. Majorly. He will be giving you instructions in the Christ. Then he's now finally that prepares the table before me. So yeah, we have been eating since so you are full, then he now prepared another table. Whoa, where there's no space to put that food anymore. Rather, then what happened? My cup runneth over. Do you know in fullness you can war with Satan, Satan will never beat you when you are full. Although you still have the potential to turn. You can walk with Satan, but Satan can. But when you turn to overflow, do you know what we're worrying with Satan? It's not even you. It's the overflow that we're fighting with Satan for you. <laughs> God doesn't have any business with Satan. 
What is fighting Satan is what is coming out of him. That's why it says the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet. When something is under your feet, the person who is living downstairs, do you have any concern with the person? But the person may have concern with you because you may make, make noise. You get me? And the thing will be, will be hearing the sound. But you can never be disturbed by him. You can make noise and shake the ground and shake him. But he can never shake you. There is nothing he can do because it's underneath your feet. A time can come in everlasting rain. You will no longer, is, is what is coming out, your righteousness will go ahead of you. And the glory of the Lord will be your rare reward. <laughs> That's an everlasting being. It's your righteousness that has gone ahead of you that will worry for you. That's right. So we must war to come into overflow. The fact that you have known all scriptures doesn't mean anything. Put it to one side. I want to know it and know it twice. I know it in a, to a realm where I, I know it, but I feel I don't know it. Because it's in a, a drowned inside. You know when you have drowned inside something, it has to turn to overflow. You don't even know whether you know it anymore. <laughs> you have drowned in it. You have lost in yourself inside it. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Yeah, I'll make an everlasting covenant. Then what? What is the everlasting covenant? Even the sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, Calabalos. Are you saying sure, sure, sure foundation? Sure mercies of David. This is the everlasting life rain, ready for eternal life. Sure mercies of David. Sure mercies of this is why we are praying to pray for mercy. Sure, it says mercy shall be built up forever. Meaning mercy can break you onto eternal life. It will take mercy for the eyes of your understanding to be enlightened. Amen. It will take mercy to be learning Christ. Then after you finish learning, you are still learning Christ and seeing the Son of God, and you are approaching the throne of grace. What would you what 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 do you want to obtain again? You have to obtain another mercy. <laughs> this one is now mercy for what? Sonship. Every dimension is mercy. And every dimension also is grace. Because anytime you found mercy, the evidence of a man who has found mercy is that grace has come. Because grace, energy has come. Ability to do what you could not do before has just come to you. It means you've learned a new skill you don't know before. A skill of how to come to God. A skill of how to become a son. You did not have it before. God, this is like this blessed night. Amen. Amen. <laughs> I just said it. It is. It is ready. Amen. You have to see that Christ realm where, because even in the the everlasting realm is a is an overflow Christ.
The over, everlasting realm is a what? A Christ who has become, you know, Christ is water. So, I can prove it to you. Revelation chapter 22, verse 1. And behold, not so, a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, flowing from who? The throne of God. Overflow. Are they not, that overflow is something was coming out of a being. What is inside him? <laughs> it means the what is inside him is a sea. Then it's coming out as a river. <laughs> overflow. Everywhere God is, there is an overflow. As you are approaching the throne of grace, you are already feeling the grace. You are so far, you are feeling the grace. You are feeling the grace energy. You are feeling the shining of his face. The overflow from his face. And that overflow from the beginning to the end to the face is a Christ unto perfection. So what happens is that you will learn Christ. The Bible says, uh, uh, now abide this. Let's see First Corinthians chapter 13, 13. Then we'll read First Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1. Just bear with me. Just bear with me. First Corinthians 13, 13. Mm-hmm. And now abide faith, hope, charity. These three were the greatest of these. The greatest of these is what? Charity. Is charity. Now the word will break you further. Go to the next one. Verse 1 Follow after charity and desire spiritual gifts, but rather that ye may prophesy. But rather that ye may prophesy. It means that charity will always be done. Charity there, the charity there in 1 Corinthians 13 13 is the fullness of Christ that becomes precious. The charity in 14 verse 1 is the charity that breaks into the kingdom. The everlasting kingdom. Hear me. Hear me. The first charity is what? Fullness of Christ. The second charity is what? Breaking into. But why am I calling it first and second charity? It's not really first and second charity. It's just you will do charity until you, you are perfected charity. Let me prove this to you. Let's see. As Azar chapter 26, verse 1 and 2. Isaiah 26. In that day shall this song be sung in the land of Judah. We have a strong city. A strong city. Salvation. Now, of course, that city is the everlasting kingdom. Why? Because our walls alone is salvation. Help me read it. Salvation will God appoint for walls and walls. So the wall alone is salvation. It means the wall is everlasting life. So to enter that city, you must have everlasting life. They call it the everlasting kingdom. We are still going to visit these things if God will permit. There are still many things to say. Amen. So the, key, the, the gate, the wall alone is salvation. Everlasting. Amen. And who is Christ? Christ is life. But Christ, there's a dimension of Christ that enters into lasting life. Meaning the perfect Christ. And it will be a Christ. They call it the kingdom of God and of Christ. So it means a full perfect Christ can have the visa to enter the kingdom. 
And the full perfect Christ is charity. So even for entrance, they will now say, now you are charity. Still follow after charity. But rather you may prophesy. It means that everlasting life is two things. Perfect charity plus you are becoming a prophet. Meaning you have testimony. And that testimony, I'll call it real for now. If God will permit me to visit. I'm saying many things, but I'm blessing in different ways. Now, read further. Let me confirm this. Open ye gates. Open ye the gates of what? Salvation. The gates of this city, which is salvation. Or they call it the gates of praise. But we know the border into the city is salvation. Which is everlasting life. That the righteous nations which keepeth the truth uh-huh. So what will cause what's the visa to enter? You are a keeper. Who is a keeper of truth? To keep truth is easy. All the warfare you have been fighting all these years. Is it what is it for? It means that you will take charity to keep truth. Charity suffereth long. Charity endureth all things. Charity believeth all things. Charity hopeth all things. Are you seeing why some of those attributes of Christ? Forbearance. Forgiving one another as Christ also forgive you. And above all things, put on charity within the bond of perfectness. <laughs> you want to go, don't leave me. Hi. Get to those walls. You will know that you will have given up this my life. 
tell you, some of you, I've, I've watched you over the years, some of you, you can carry a lot more than when we, you first began. You know, sorry, let me use you as a little example. Uh, remember the first day I prayed for you many years ago? Huh? Many, how many years ago is that? I prayed for her, it was when he met her, it was a Sunday, Sunday Bible study. And she didn't even know me there, I just prayed for her, she was trembling, she was shaking. Look at <laughs> What has happened? Christ has happened. Ability to carry things more. And it will grow in Jesus' name. If it's, you know, I know it's, it's not sometimes it's difficult, but if your soul is not elastic, your soul is not elastic, it's not lasting, elastic, stretch, like, oh, they'll stretch it. You know, they, they are like to the soul to a belly in, in Proverbs. And your belly, you know, you can eat so much, I think we stretch. Your soul too can stretch. And if all they are giving you, they are just giving you milk, 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 your soul will never stretch. And you think you're okay, but your soul will not. It means that your soul, if they just put a little weight, you think you can break you. Mm. But many of us, little weight can't even touch you. Say, what is that? We're dealing with severe things. Like <laughs> oh, am I okay? Okay, let me, let me be helpful. We can even look at it. Is when you handle it, you have kept it. 
Hand to me to gain mastery. The Lord God who teaches my hands to fight and my fingers for battle. Gain mastery. David can beat, kill men in his sleep. Do you get me? He has killed so many. In fact, and they are so skilled. <laughs> in his sleep. So I can come, you don't be sleeping. Don't use his hands. <laughs> Towards exercise, how many battles have he, has he fought? He knows all the pinch points, he knows all the acts. There was a time David, they got the house of David also. He has trained boys. I said, ah, David, sit down. Girls got you, do you want water? You want water? Boys, let's go. How many they kill? It's like they were doing uh Royal Rumble. <laughs> And there are competition in every war. How many more people they can kill? So they always say they want to, and they can't really put out the guns to shout. He would, have, he would kill like 20 people with one arrow. You know what I'm saying? They said, oh, that one cast at once. That's how David's men were. So, what would kill itself? What would kill 300? One man killed 300. What kind of rat is that? It means they can do it in their sleep. It means ten people can come at them. They know how to do it. It's a skill they learned. Mastery. It means they've not only heard it, they've seen it. They've not only seen it, they've looked upon it, they've handled it. They've done it too many times that they just know they don't have to think to kill. It's a reflex action. A time will come in your life where God will be a reflex action in your life. Responding to God. Reflex. You've done it, you've tried it so many times that it's your nature, it's your natural response. Amen. It takes a lot to get there. It takes a lot of training to get there. So it's the handling that's the mastery. And it's the handling that means you have kept it. Paul gained mastery of the gospel of Christ that he called it my gospel. That's handled. You've handled it. That's the man who has kept it. And the moment you have kept it, you have handled it, you have, you have gotten the key. Amen? Visa. Automatic visa into the everlasting kingdom. Read on. That first John still. It's still there. For the life was manifested, and we have seen it, and bear witness, and showed unto you that eternal life. That eternal life. Which was with the Father. Which was, I will show it unto you. Is a preaching, then a showing. Go ahead. And was manifested unto us. Mm-hmm. That which we have seen and have heard, seen and declare, heard. We declare we unto you. That ye also may have fellowship with us. Fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. I'll just touch on this realm. Here now, he's talking about them who are broken into the everlasting realm. It's a fellowship. The everlasting life realm is a fellowship. Why is it at that realm? Why is it a fellowship? It means that they, all of them, they all know God. They all know, like they know Christ, they know Him fully. But now they are fellowshipping for overflow. Because who started the fellowship? The Father and the Son. It's also a fellowship. They both have life, they both have God, but they still fellowship. 
What do you think the father and the son talks about? They already know everything now. No, don't they? They already have the time, they already have the everlasting life, but they are still talking. Are they dumb? No. Are they not talking? They still talk. What are they talking about then? They are still following after charity. They are still talking these things. It's a fellowship. The day that this thing becomes overflow for, for you, eh, is the day where you, you'll be, your, your whole soul would have rested on it. I know the, the English that I use and describe it. You know when something is so second reflex, second nature for you, is your reflex action. Is your reflex action to hang out and talk Bible? Is your comfort zone? Immediately they would have trained you so much that it becomes your comfort zone. Mm, you will know it. Th- those days, you no longer be agitated from meeting to finish anymore. Do the day come in, I said the hour come in, but it's not yet now. Am I communicating? Amen. I was thinking about it. You know, I was just thinking about it. You know how they say they want to do everyday prayers. They get me. What is the Friday prayer? I just do it. They'll probably go to come, go to work, come back. Five thirty-six o'clock. They don't start praying. I don't pray for one hour. At least two hours. The eight thirty because Reverend will come and start ministering at one thirty our time, which is eight thirty Nigerian time. And when Reverend comes, doesn't he come for one hour either? You get me? <laughs> so you go to like 10, 30, 11 p.m. Before they, oh, they got to go. They get me. But think about it. Oh, what the hell? This is difficult. It's difficult. Well, excuse me. What else are you doing at home? I said maybe you left maybe your wife and children at home. But if most of them, their pastors, they will go with their wife. You get me? So that, 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 that fellowship has become the home. Because what you want to go and do at home is that you want to go and watch TV. Really? <laughs> <laughs> really? You see, you want to go and watch? Are you doing that? So, it means that you are not coming to this fellowship that John has come into. Because I finish working, okay, the next thing to do is there's a fellowship concerning life things, eternal life, everlasting life things. I should be there. That's my home. When God is your home, that's what the atmosphere will become your what? Your home. The, the problem why we don't may not be so comfortable in such a place is because we want to go home. So meaning that is not yet your home. In the kingdom is their home, the fellowship with the father and the son. The father will be there and the son will be there, seated with them. Just fellowshipping because that is their home. So, it, when everlasting life comes, you know what I say, oh, I need to go home, I need to go and watch TV, I need to go and watch a show. That one would have been dealt with in the realm of everlasting life. Because in the realm of everlasting life, you'll be in meeting and you will know that this is my home. Uh-huh. If adventure, let's say in the night like this, we were in everlasting realm. She gets me. <laughs> I know people, people all that run in past days, not just a good day. <laughs> and we know that tomorrow is Good Friday. It's a public holiday. 
Okay, now, after I leave this place now, what are you going to do with your life? They are telling me. Of knowledge, I have come to overflow of it. It means you know all. 
The Bible says, after that time, I make a new covenant with my people, write my laws on their hearts and their minds. After he has finished writing, he says that they shall all know me, from the least of them to what? To the greatest. But even after you've known him, you will still be fellowshipping with knowledge. Now, imagine if you are seated here, and you know everything, you know all things, but you just love being here. This is my life, this is my home. So while I am ministering, it no longer will work for you. Are you saying that? You will now be a rest. You are hearing the things that are pleasing your soul. They are, they are pleased that they are playing keyboard in your soul. Because you already, you already know it and you are flowing. And you say, oh, wow, oh, this is where this is. Oh, this is, I was reading this the other day. Everything is now it's joyful for you. It's restful for you. But why it still works as of today is because everything I am saying, you have not broken into the understanding of it. So you still have to do a bit of labor to understand, to hear from your past. And anything that is labor, do you get me? Can also tire as well. Aha. Are you saying that? Can also tire. But a time will come where it will no longer be laborious because you are overflow of knowledge. It will now be joyful because you are seeing how revelation is. You are seeing is that you are playing strings in your heart. You are enjoying it. It's now a, mel- a music melody for rest. Are you saying that? So the world has turned from a labor to labor into his rest. Yeah. Uh-huh. The world will be laid for you into his rest, and that same world will now talk to a music. And it talks to a music for a certain, certain set of people, two sets of people in Revelation chapter 14 and then 15. The first set of people, they call it, they, they sang a new song. They won't go for having the Father's name, meaning they came into everlasting life. Hear me, somebody, that they sang a new song which no man else could sing. It was the new song. The song, the song is still preaching. But then it was, it was not a melody, it was not a song in your soul. And anything that's sung is what? Is rest. You can write anything that's what? Song is what? Is rest. Praise the name of the Lord. Everyone just use that to open another thing for us tonight. Amen. Are we blessed? Are we blessed? Okay, let me joke with this person. Somebody sing me an evil song. Like, sing evil. <laughs> I wish you prank I have for an evil song. I mean, sing it the way it sang evil. You get it?
It's not the house that you are going to, not really the home that you are rushing to. It's the food you are going to eat. It's the home, meaning the joy. Do you get me? So the thing is shortchanging the present joy. The present joy is not joyful enough. It's not pleasurable enough. More than the other joy that you are expecting. So until the world, you are fellowship with the world till it becomes your highest, your chief joy. Somebody say amen. amen. It becomes your chief joy. At that point, when you are seated, that thing is flowing. When other joys are flying by, hunger is a withdrawal. If I let me fast today, I enjoy the thing. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. <laughs> many things are many. We have many joys that are competing with this joy. So we are laboring. When they say labor to come into his rest, they will have to preach you into this this joy. To an overflow where this joy is your chief joy. That's what happened to what the psalmist said. Thou preparest a table before me. What happens? My, in the presence of my enemies, then what happens? My cup runneth over. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. It means if they are preparing a table before you, it's a feast of fattings. And your cup is running over. Why would you want to leave that table? That table has become your home. Where am I going to? A time will come. Let me just make a joke. Yeah, that, that, those, that, that biscuit I bring, those cookies. A time will come. If you are in a wrestling realm, you eat those cookies, just one or two, and you are ready to go the whole day. Just we want to just minister. Fellowship. Judy, why are you looking like that? <laughs> I'm not planning anything. Sorry, I'm not planning anything. I don't have any plans. I'm not saying that I'm going to change the time of meeting. <laughs> I don't have anything in my heart. It's not that I'm planning that I want to extend meeting time. Amen. <laughs>
relationship with the tree. Um, to the church of Philadelphia, verse 12. Verse 12. Yes. I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go out no more. I will write on him the name of my God, hmm. and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God, and I will write on him my new name. So, to write these names, you must go out no more. Yeah. Meaning you have abided death. You get me? This is, you are still, you are solidified. Meaning you don't have any other home. Yeah. This has become your home. You are not thinking of a higher home. You don't have a, a higher, a higher home of, a, of an expectation more than this home. It's a pillar. You become a pillar. A pillar is someone who has found this place. That's why I say that that's the bearing fruit. Someone who has found this spot, this place. Because the person is part of the house. If that will come, you will know yourself as part of the house. That the work is not here, yeah, it's not in a better Pastor James. Pastor James is not the work. We are the work. Do you get me? I can be a pillar. That's the maximum I can be. <laughs> you must have to grow to be in the coming pillar. Amen. And together we become the building. Are you hearing me? Amen. Can I continue? So you see, they give names. Are you saying they want to give you names? Are these not joyful things? Yes. Name of my God. Please. Please, Ami. Give me. Name of my God. In, and they don't write this name except you are what? A pillar who go out no more, meaning who has found home. It, it just makes sense. You know, God is a short manager. You just think about it. If I'm not sure whether you will stay or not stay, I won't give him my all my name. <laughs> you know, I'll say that. Ah, I'm not you're not left my house. Two years now. Ah. Every other potential home for yourself. 
Because yes, that means you have overcome iniquity. Iniquity means twistedness. It means you are not satisfied. In iniquity, you are in this life. You are not satisfied with it. So you do something against it. And nobody will know that you have done something. <laughs> Just because you have another thing you are seeing. Vanity that you are seeing. You have another ambition. That's why it's not good to be too strong in ambitions. Some, some people we have ambitions that we want to we want to do eternal life together with the ambition. And God knows that they are not compatible. Because in eternal life, God is the one who will tell you what your ambition will be. Am I communicating? Uh, so, but the people are so strong in their vision. Amen. Are so strong in their vision that they would now twist something. Because they will be unhappy that God wants to take that thing from them. So they now do something against it. And simply put, your ambition is your home. Your vision is your home. Yes. And if you want everlasting life, which is the ark, if you read Revelation chapter 11, when anytime you see ark, what do you see? Thunder, lightning, earthquake, voices. Those are shoutings. <laughs> and then a great hail. Go out to plague your ambition for you to have everlasting life and give you a new one, his own, meaning his way. Am I communicating? For you to have everlasting And if that God doesn't do that when you are still learning Christ, when you are learning Christ, you can learn Christ together with your vision. <laughs> but if you want to break into everlasting life, they will have to plague your vision because they have to give you God's vision. I'll just leave that there. Meaning they have to plague the current home that is making you not feel at home in this fellowship. Do you get me? In this fellowship of life that John was talking about. Making you not feel at home in it. There's something. The only the reason why you are not hasty, you are not at home there, is because you have another home, another vision, another thing that you are trying to attain onto. So for them to bring you to home, bring you home, bring you to rest, they will have to kill that rest. They will have to plague that other home, which is called where I am going in life, that seemeth right unto a man. But the end there of it was, is destruction. These things are hard, not so. And this is, uh, this is, these are the tough things of that realm. Now let me come back down, please. Amen. For the sake of those who are hearing me, probably online too. Amen. Amen. I won't take too, too much longer. Let's come back down and rebuild it up again. Just for the sake of some people who may be listening to me online. We've gone a bit high. Everlasting life, home. Everlasting life, everlasting kingdom, home. But let's retrace the steps again. Because it's not easy to get there. Are you seeing the demand to get there? To make God your home. And every other home you had before, kill it. That's what we call losing your life. Because your life is your home. Now let me come back down for for our sakes. So let's visit. And the reason why it's good for me to come back down because we will see what you, you can't you can't attain this everlasting life I'm talking without this help. 
without the help I want to visit. You need help, do you get me? To be built up like a donkey, a beast of body, to be able to carry God. You need the help. It's called grace. But it's a method by which it comes. Let's see 2 Peter chapter 1. Let's come back down. Uh, and then we'll begin to round up and close. Uh, happy Easter to everyone. I just call this an Easter session. Amen. <laughs> it's special. Amen. So we don't always do live feasts like this. We close at night. But this is Easter special live feast. That's right. <laughs> Amen. So Second Peter chapter 1. From verse 1, yes, help me. Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. According to his divine power, hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. So now pause. These, these three verses, there is one fountain that's powering everything. Can someone help me pick it out? What's the fountain that's powering everything? Knowledge. We can't, we can't skip school of knowledge. We can't escape this knowledge business. We must know God. We must know God. We must know God. And it, it starts by knowing Christ. First, know Jesus. Do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Uh-huh. You start there. Christ. You will know Christ. You must know Christ. You must know Christ. And you will know Him until He breaks into Son of God. So, grace and peace be multiplied through the knowledge. Grace will come by knowledge. Peace will also come by what? Alright. So it means that having grace and peace, coming to fullness of knowledge, you are already a son of God. Not the last, not the final one. They call it son of the living God. Because to transition from son of the living God to son of God is one who has now done the obedience, the fruit, born fruit of the knowledge. There is the fruit, amen, hear me. There is a fruit that all that knowledge we have to bear. We have to give birth to. That's Hebrews chapter 5 verse 14. Strong meat belonging to them. Hear me? Who by reason of use. Use of what? Use of knowledge. Use of the word of righteousness. Have their senses exercised. To do what? To be able to discern between good and evil. So having full knowledge. Being able to discern between what truly is good. Good works. What truly is good in the sight of God. And what is evil? That alone makes you a son. Because how many people know what is good and what is evil in God's sight? Almost zero. You must be a Christ to know what is good and what is evil in God's sight. How do I know that? Peter, who was so Christ, so so close to Christ, who even called him? <laughs> this one of the living God. <laughs> eh? Wanted to do evil in the name of good. No, Lord, we will not let you go to Jerusalem. What did Jesus say? Get me behind me, Satan. Well, if anybody does a poll and asks any Christian, did Peter not, was he not looking out for the best interest of his master? He was a just an innocent guy. We don't want you to die. But what is God in God's sight? Evil. 
evil. Are you seeing why? You see, you, you can't just wake up with milk and snow good and evil. You'll be doing evil all your life and in the name of Jesus. <laughs> and you can be forgiven because you're ignorant. But when you come into Christ learning, they want to deal with your ignorance. They want to beat out the ignorance out of you. When you finish Christ learning, you're coming to knowledge. You will know good and you know evil. Story furnished. That's it. Christ story furnished. You get that's all knowledge unto what? Every good work. Amen. So grace and peace be multiplied through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord brings a man already. A full, a full grace man and a full peace man has everlasting life. He's such a man he was spoken of in Romans chapter 16 verse 20. And the God of peace, hear me, and the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. That God of peace is everlasting life. Because eternal life now is reward, joy. It's called joy, glad tidings of good things. It's called joy. In Isaiah 52 verse 7. The first one, he published peace. That's everlasting life. The second one, published salvation, bringing glad tidings of good things. Isaiah 52 verse 7. That is eternal life. But the moment you have laid hold of peace, hear me. The moment you have used grace, so truth, grace, and you have laid hold of peace, you have laid hold of eternal life, but that eternal life there is everlasting life. Because everlasting life is the beginning of what? Eternal life. So just as you see this Bible, you see this Bible, and Bible has Genesis and Revelation. Do you get me? The whole Bible is the book of life. Or let's say eternal life. Everlasting life is when you get to Genesis. But the whole thing is eternal life. But when you are in the beginning, the realm of Genesis, you have the everlasting life of what? Of eternal life. As long as you stay in the book, you will get to the end. That means you have eternal life. Sure you get me? You're getting me? Now let's come down. So now we know. Let's come back down. Let, now we know what powers all this journey. It's called grace and grace unto it. Not so? And but really, what is it? Because grace can be abstract. It's knowledge and knowledge unto it. <laughs> That's why it says with shoutings and cryings, meaning speakings and speakings, speakings and speakings, speakings and speakings. That's how grace comes. Speakings and speakings. That's how grace comes. Now, why these knowledges? And why this grace? Why this energy? It is you need this energy is to capacitate you to do some things that will eventually enable you to carry God. Amen. So, praise the name of the Lord. Uh, somebody help me. Hey, Virginia, brother, there's one big jug of water there. Help me bring it. And I'll use this my cup here as an example. Sorry, it's okay, I'm not drinking it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for letting me do it. <laughs> you see, listen, imagine if I was maybe a little baby 
and I'm trying to gain strength. I'll first learn how to carry this cup of water. You see that? And so how I'll learn it is that they'll give me knowledge or the grace or the skill of how to handle it. But eventually, is this guy they want me to carry? Uh -huh. So grace and grace unto it is that when you are learning Christ, you'll be carrying little water first. As you are growing, you'll be carrying more and more weight. More and more weight. More and more weight. By the time you break into everlasting life, sure foundation, you'll be so endowed to carry volume, higher weight. Which is God. So, by, by here you are a beast of body. You can carry a heavy weight for a long, for a stretch, for a lasting time. It's not just about carrying the weight. God's realm of weight is not that, not just, it seems that it's not too heavy. It's not that about carrying the weight. It's about carrying the weight for what? For a long time. Eternity is a weight. You will carry God for eternity. Ah, after you will carry God for five years. Ah, I'm tired. Please help me. God, can you just? I mean, I mean, I don't know where you tell God. God, can you just give us a break? Just give me time off. Even if it's one year, let me just live my life for one year. You can come back next year. We'll start again. Where we where we stop? Are you saying that? Yeah. Uh, you cannot carry. So imagine. For how many years? Say, give me one year break. But they want you to carry God for how long? For eternity. So the learning of Christ is the learning of what? The learning of stretching. Thank you, Jim. The learning of Christ is what? The learning of stretching. Are you seeing those things? Let's begin to see. Do you now see stretch here? The learning of Christ is learning of stretching, learning of making you elastic. They will stretch you until you come into an everlasting stretch. Are we blessed in the house? This is blessing. Every time you are stressed, they are blessing you. It means you can carry more God than you could before. Hey! Ah, you got the Gandalf's eyes to see. Every time you are stretched, it means what? You can carry more of God than you could before. And for a longer time. What that means is that you can carry it for a longer time than you could before. It means, how many of us, five years ago, what could break us in two seconds? It will take two years now for it to break us. It's stretch. For some of us. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's see it here because... These graces, these knowledges began to do something. Verse 5. And beside this, I read 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 5. Now, let's start seeing what Christ's learning will do. The stretch, the knowledges will be doing. The knowledges and the graces will be doing. Verse 5. Yes. And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, mm -hmm. and to virtue knowledge. And to knowledge temperance. Uh -huh. And to temperance patience. Temper. And to patience godliness. Huh. And we are rushing it saying, I don't know don't temper. We are going to patience. All these things are stretches. Is it cool your temper? It's not easy to cool your temper. How much more be patient? 
All these things are stretched. So really, grace is not grace is not to make money. <laughs> you can you can you favor, okay, don't call you favor. You get me. I always say milk definition of grace is a merited favor. But leave favor alone. Favor is favor. Don't leave <laughs> God can give you a merited favor in the in the flesh, milk comfort. It's okay. There's nothing wrong, nothing wrong with that. But really the grace of God is what comes out of what emanates from God. God who is the spirit is not the flesh. The grace is to bring, come to give you energy to convert. Energy to do what man cannot do. Man cannot be temperate. It will take a spirit to be temperate. So you need to be a spiritual man to be temperate. So it's not by power. Remember what it says to remember? Not by power nor by mind, but by learning. Because grace comes by learning. Through the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ. I'm sorry, I'm rounding up. By 10 o'clock, I'll be done. For those online, so you have some certainty. Sorry. Praise the Lord. Amen. We thank this what? Easter what? Praise God. <laughs> So temperance to temperance what? Patience. So are you saying you can't be patient except you are first temperate? This is what I was showing you now with the water, the growing volume of water you are carrying. You will first learn how to be temperate, how not to be angry all the time. <laughs> Otherwise, if they give you patience cup, why you are not yet temperate? The way you cause God. Hey, with your temper. <laughs> God will suffer. <laughs> the name of God will be blood will be scattered in your head. <laughs> so they won't give a man patience cup when he's not your temperate. When he has not exercised how to manage his temper, how to cool down, and how to wait to then let me see the end of a matter before I make judgments. <laughs> <laughs> this is just realm of Christ now. <laughs> is it, is it personal? <laughs> Amen. A temperate man, if he's offended, even though maybe eventually he has not willing grace to forgive yet, he will not come to judgment immediately. He will not just cuss the person out. A temperate man will sleep over it. Think about it first. Maybe think the best. Maybe maybe parent. Maybe it's something that drove. Wow. Maybe it's maybe it's Satan. Maybe the guy is a good guy on his own. Maybe it's actually Satan that just drove the guy to behave the way he was behaving. After a temperate man has has, has reflected well, who would he blame? He will blame Satan, not the boy. Hmm. Hmm. I remember when God was sitting with this thing. People were frustrating my life. <laughs> <laughs> Spirit, not the vessel. Leave the vessel alone. The vessel can convert. If he wants to convert the vessel, it was temperate. I thought maybe he was teaching me forgiveness. It wasn't forgiveness. It was temperate. I'm just temperate. <laughs> so I'm not be getting angry all the time. Don't cool down. Relax. Don't just rush to judgment. A temperate guy can still potentially speak back after he has really judged it well. 
but he won't speak back immediately. He will give himself like a week. Maybe there are some things you want to say. You want to say in response. You are not ready to forgive. You want to speak your mind back. A temperate guy, he has not reached the level of charity. Then he may not speak back. A temperate guy will just make sure he will all wait first, cool himself, think about the issue matter well, and figure out how to respond appropriately. So he's making sure he's being temperate in his response, commensurate in his response to what was what was being done. Make sure he gets all the facts. Do you get that? It's not just it's not just this person that he actually the person actually wanted to offend you. Ask the person questions. Find out from other people before he actually now responds. Do you get Sometimes remember we minister. When in the realm of charity, there they will now tell you not to even respond. That's another higher level. That's not temperate now. That one is demand of charity bearing all things. You are breaking. When time you start reaching for bearance, you are touching charity. You are knocking on the door of charity. For bear, you will know you are wrong. You were wrong. You know you've done the temperate judgment. And you found out that the person is around you. In being temperate, most times I know how it works is that you will take the matter into consideration, wait, judge it well, not just answer back in harsh anger, rash anger, but you will still respond with a calculated proper answer. And you'll be righteous in, in you'll be righteous in your sight, and also in God's sight because you know that's where you are at. That's just temper, cooling it down, and giving it time to respond to judge back. That's why some people uh, now I've learned better. You know, before we we'll just tell people if anybody wants you, don't say anything back. That is so too hard for some people at some level. They have some people cannot just take that kind of thing. That people will just be offended and they won't be responding back. No. It's charity people that can do that. If you are still in faith of charity, you shouldn't I should I don't expect you to be able to do that. That is too much of a burden. It's like me putting this on you when you cannot carry it. So you will find yourself making errors in that. You will now get angry one day and now vex on us. <laughs> you can see. Well, not knowing that we've, maybe we've presented the steps not properly, the stepwise. Mm-hmm. And you want to ask me? Go ahead. What do you want to say? I think uh, you just answered because I was just wondering, like, is it, like, is it, is it possible that they put you in such a situation where, not that you skip some steps, mm-hmm. but what they are now asking of you mm-hmm. is more... More than where you are more at. Than you feel. You feel. Like it's more than where you are at. You feel like it's more forbearance mm-hmm. than temperance. Than temperance. And you want to, not that you want to be, to be in temperance. Yes. But it's a bit more way. Yes, be. yes. It's, it's like possible. It's possible. It's possible because Holy Ghost knows souls. And I know who is, I know where the question is coming from. Holy Ghost knows souls and knows what to apply to souls. Because there are some souls that if you don't apply something higher, they'll never want to grow. They want to just stay in that their place. <laughs> you get it? That like, like that. So Holy Ghost knows how to apply. There are some souls that want to grow quickly. God go go will be bringing them back to temperate. Well, there are souls that don't. They are so sluggish. They want to move. So God will now shoot, shoot something. Holy Ghost now shoot something high, but then that he knows they cannot do it. Just to at this last last, if I give you. Something charity to do, 
Like if I give you forbearance to do and you, you are not able to do it, at least you do temperance. <laughs> but who, if they left you, you want to do temperate, you want to do it knowledge, you just want to be hearing knowledge, just let me hear knowledge by yourself. So Holy Ghost is wiser than you. He knows your soul. So some souls, it will give them a demand two steps ahead, knowing fully well they will fail it. And he wants them to fail so that they will fail to one step ahead. Because that's the only way to move one step ahead. <laughs> His wisdom is only for you. <laughs> It's the only way. Praise God. <laughs> Holy Ghost is wise. He knows how to measure every soul according to how they are moving. And how just to bless you. You would think that his own is too much for you. It's because he knows you. It's actually just to bless you. To make sure that you don't. Because if a man is too stagnant in one place, do you get me? Do you know a stone, a stone can fall? A tried stone can fall. It's when you are becoming precious that you are now coming to a place where you may not be able to fall again. Mm-hmm. And he knows that. So if somebody stays six years in one dimension of trial, being temperate, <laughs> and does not. Well, I think one day we will fall. So that's how they apply the things for us to keep us moving. They, you must be moving. Woe to them who are ease in Zion. You must be moving in Zion. So Holy Ghost will be trying every whatever way he can to get you moving. Get your faith moving. Praise the name of the Lord. Are we blessed tonight? Oh, glory to God. Temperance, patience. Patience is another dimension again. Patience is another... Did I say 10 o'clock? that you are trying to solve. 
So they will take you to the rapture. So when they, they demand the patient, God is not asking you on the matter. And you have to wait. And you should and you know you shouldn't be finding solutions. Then oh you, there's nothing I can do. Let me be hearing Reverend K, come and teach us that. I mean, but I bet it has happened so many times. The answer will come from that one of those messages. You just realize, okay, you didn't just calculate because senses will be developing. You now be able to calculate the solution to that your problem. In fact, you now know what to do from the judgment. So that's real, real patience. So why people would think that patience? Should my amen? You're with me? Yeah. Why people would think that patience is impossible is because they don't know the stop gap. You get what you use while you are waiting. What you used to be living while you are waiting. Uh-huh. So there's some people who think, ah, should I just sit down on my bed and just sleep and be waiting for God to come? One week, two weeks, three weeks. No. Don't sit down on your bed. Be doing something. Be hearing him. Be listening to his word. Be reading your Bible. Be waiting on the Lord in the word, in the scriptures. That's what you should be doing. So you are doing something. You don't know when time will be passing. Just give yourself to God. You know, some of you will say, me, I've left all my mother's with God's hand. Me, I'm just following God now. Yes. <laughs> As you are following God, answer will come. It happens time without number. As you are hearing God, as you are hearing His word, solutions will be, be, be coming, judgment will be coming because your senses are being developed like His senses are. Because where is that word coming from? No man knows the mind of a man except the spirit that is in that man. The same way, no man knows the mind of God except the spirit that is in God. And He's revealed these things to us, not so. So the spirit is taking the senses in God's mind and teaching it to you. After a while, you will develop your senses and use it to come up with solution to that problem you are waiting on. And what solution did you just come with? You just came up with a solution that was the mind of God. Is that not what you were wanting for in the first place? Is that I want to know the mind of God concerning this matter. But how does God resolve his mind? He also has a way he thinks, senses. He will work at all things according to the counsel of his own will. Am I coming? Am I coming? He will get all things according to the counsel. Just give me some wisdom. According to the counsel of his own will. What is his own will? Romans chapter 8. That we are, we are predestined to be what? Conformed to the image. That's his purpose. His purpose is that we will be conformed to the image of his son. Before you know, I start thinking, oh, so that thing I was asking God for is actually lost too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It will, if I get it, I will not be able to. I will not be able to hear what well. Okay, so I know the answer already. Forget that thing. Let me go this way. Yeah. That that so what you have just done is that you just came about the mind of God. How he if he's not telling you what to do, you just came about it because you have come into the counsel of his will through his word, and you now know that anything that will take you away from his word is not his mind. It will take the exercise of the world to come to such judgment in life. So when you are making decisions in your life, you can make decisions after the counsel of God's purpose. When you are making decisions in life, you don't wait. You will, you will check it. And if you are not sure, wait, leave it. Let the thing manifest itself over time. Let it really show its true colors. <laughs> that thing that you want so bad. 
When it manifests itself over time, it, you will now be able to tell whether it will take you away from God or not, away from purpose or not, away from God or not. That's how you can now judge it. Simply, anything that can separate you from God is not from God. That, that should be a measure of your judgment. Praise the name of the Lord. When you are so versed in life and everlasting life, you will be judging almost like God judged. In the sense that what do I mean? Is that when you are trying to make where should I go in life, with the exercises of judgment, faith and patience, you will almost come up with the, you will almost come up with the same decision that if it was Holy Ghost appearing to you in a vision, Paulette, Paulette, my daughter, do this. <laughs> That's the same judgment you will come up with. Because of the senses that have been exercised with how he works all his counsels. Your senses have been exercised with the mind of God that you have his mind. You can come up with the same resolutions, similar resolutions that you come up with. How did Jesus know after that thou art Christ, the Son of the living God? How did he know? To him, he wasn't watching clock. He wasn't watching, am I 33 years old now? Okay, it's time to go to the cross. No. He was watching that thing. He knows that after knowledge, full knowledge, it's time for obedience. It's time to bear fruit. First Peter, second Peter, you see it later there. <laughs> Let's read it. <laughs> I was in verse 7, and to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, charity. Verse 8. So charity is that Christ, the Son of the living God. Not so. Full Christ, the Son of the living God. Then verse 8, immediately you are full Christ, Son of the living God. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be what? Barren, nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And that point that Jesus has come to fullness of knowledge, overflowing. Have you been with me, Philip, all this while? If you have seen me, you have seen my Father. He knew that it's time for fruitfulness. And the fruitfulness the Father was desiring for him was that he laid down his life for the whole world. That was the fruitfulness God was looking for. By judgment, nobody spoke from heaven. This is my son, Jesus. You have reached the point now where it's time to go to the cross and die. <laughs> they did that in Jordan. <laughs> when he was not yet full Christ. Because he came into perfect Christ when Peter said that statement. He was ready Christ at Georgia, but he was still learning from his father. I only do what I see my father doing. His father was teaching him Christ more. He was ready a stone at Jordan. But when Peter spoke by revelation, he was a precious cornerstone. He did all these things. He knew, and it was just his destiny. He was going to do everything. But he did it for you and I to know that it's a journey. That's how you do it. So when it was a stone, Holy Ghost can still come from heaven and speak. James, James. I remember the time I've heard audible voice of God before. I'm serious. I was wondering, I was asking all my roommates then. After, no, I asked him, were you at home? Did you hear that song? Did you hear? They said they were not at home. Nobody was at home. God did it that way that nobody was at home. <laughs> and me, I thought, man, I was, God was love me. Yeah, God was doing like this. Not me, I was a foolish flesh. That they just said, oh. <laughs> and so when we want to hear the new voice, that's the way that will prove that, yes, God is here. 
Radiola Ivo Voz. And then being fruitful, are you seeing this? 
That you may walk worthy of the Lord to all pleasing, being what? Fruitful in every good work. But knowledge doesn't end. Let me read the last part. And increasing in the knowledge. So, for, so just, just, just forget you always be knowing God. So you must make it your own. You get me? If it's something that you always be doing, then make it your own. This is my life. And until they test and see that this, this really, this really is your home, you won't enter the kingdom yet. That's why the righteous nation that keeps truth, this is their home. They've rested and handled it. It's them that will enter the kingdom. Why? Because if it's not yet your home and they are bringing you to the, an eternity realm, where every here we increase in the knowledge of God, even though we know it, increasing means I think that fountain is overflowing. Then, after a while, you will not like the place again. Mm. But who would think that is a boring life? That no more TV, no more, <laughs> no more shows. <laughs> every day, you get the thank God for this everyday prayer meeting that works. What, what, what would you have been doing for 1,000 years every day? Would you be calling President of Brazil? How's the economy doing in Brazil? <laughs> him the way of God. Out of when he teaches the president of Brazil sense, God senses. He will now use that senses and do what? And judge for himself how best to lead the people. Remember? Mm-hmm. The word of God will exercise your senses that you be able to judge like he judges. So the answer is not to tell him how to run his economy. The answer is to teach him the word of God, exercise his own senses so that he can come into proper judgment of what God wants. So they'll be every day teaching. And me, I'll be right there. And I say, don't call me. I won't have four. <laughs> I won't have car because everybody I want to see is the James Jerusalem. <laughs> yeah, I know in Jerusalem with me. I don't want to go. I'm not driving anywhere to ask me. That is a thousand year ring.
If I it's okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's that's good. Amen. Let's be comfortable. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Alright, can we continue? Second Peter. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Verse 6. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 6. This thing is leading us somewhere. That's why I want to let's take the time. Let's let's break in. And to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. So charity is the end. So why do they call charity the bond of perfectness? It means in charity are all these things. Do you want to know a charitable man? Hear me. You want to know a charitable man? A charitable man is one who is temperate, one who is patient. Long suffering, forbearing, forgiving, godly, and kind. Feast of charity, not so. Loving, love the brethren fervently. All those things, the, the conglomerate of all those things is what we call what? Charity. So, charity per se doesn't have its own attributes. Charity is all the attributes glued together. So when you are learning temperate, temp, being temperate, temperance, you should add patience to temperance, not do patience in replacement for temperance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's an addition. Are you seeing how, remember I told you, this cup to this water, to this bowl, you should be increasing in the knowledge of him, also increasing in body bearing, mm-hmm. ability to carry more of God. I, I might communicate. Ability, you should be journeying in ability to carry more of God. It should be an addition, not a replacement. So, the, all the aggregates, the aggregate of all the, all the attributes of Christ, the aggregate of it, the bond of perfectness is charity. What grows them together is charity and bear all things. A charity man is a man who is ready for act. And act is everlasting covenant. Are we ready? Are we ready tonight? I trust Topper would publish the message not too long this weekend. Because many things are said. So patience and to patience godliness. By the time a man is getting godly, you have crossed into, you can feel, you can smell charity. It means at temperance, you are not yet godly. You are joining as you are aggregating further. You are joining into being godly. Amen. And so it means that this journey is also a journey up the mountain, and the Lord is on top of the mountain. Are you saying that? So that's why, as you are getting closer up the mountain, you are getting closer to the Lord. 
then the more like the Lord you will be. That's the godly man. Are you seeing that? Uh-huh. So as you are joining up the mountain, you are, you are you are now moving more like you're becoming more godly. In time, we now call you a godly man. It means a godly man who is a man who is in the in the threshold of hope and charity. That's a godly man. A man who has crossed, who is still being a trite stone, but is now in the process of it. They are trying to make him precious. You are becoming godly. They won't work on you to become precious if you are not godly yet. Meaning it will be a wasted investment, right? So they want to see that godliness means that you are now closer to the end than to the beginning. By the time you are godly, you are more closer to charity than the faith you began with. <laughs> Meaning, the, by the time you are godly, you will be seeing more. You will be seeing that journey to the high top of the mountain is now is shorter than journey back to the end of the mountain. <laughs> so you are more like God. Then they have more confidence. You know when somebody has finished 60% of a project, it's easier for him to say, okay, I'm going to go ahead and finish the rest. Some of what has kept some of you is because you are afraid of losing all the labor you have labored in the journey upward. <laughs> and it's a good fear to have. They call it godly fear. You should have it. The, the fear of a godly man is that I'm too close to God now to turn back. It's a good fear. And if I'm not so, I've journeyed too long. How many years have I been learning this thing? Have I been with this? Have I been in this relationship? You now say you want to turn back now and lose all the labor. All those exercises of instruction that the Holy Ghost has been exercising you and instructing you and have been painful, you now want to throw it all away because of what? You said, please let me just at least see the end of this journey. I've already come too far. And you have to stop that. Praise God. Amen. So a godly man, the chances of a godly man finishing his journey is increased. The probability of him wanting to finish has increased because he's closer to the end than the beginning. And what is the end? God. So he's closer to like God than his first state. First estate. Aha. That's clear now. He's closer to like God than what? Than his first estate. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. We are still making progress. And to godliness, brotherly kindness. Amen. That one is obvious. Amen. Because that, that feast of charity, the company has been journeying together. Amen. And there's no way you have been journeying for this long. People will now begin to love each other. Meaning have affection for each other means you can also hurt each other. The more affection you have for someone, the more sword you have against the person. Mm-hmm. Daggers. <laughs> you get that's why they say love your brethren. You all know what they say. Love your brethren, what? Fervently. Now, Lucifer fell. And he paid God. Imagine if Jesus fell. 
Imagine a dagger in God's heart. Because that Jesus said is God's heart. They stabbing. And you see, those who are closest to you, they can finish you. So they say, be careful with one another. You know, people are journeying together, people are learning these things together. Please, I beg. <laughs> Please, love one another fervently. Why must it be fervent? Fervent because it's difficult. Because people have been too long together. I want to even ask a question that, like, how do you, I guess it's knowing more friends, but, like, how do you know? Fervently, Abby. Yes. Fervently means it's effort. Mm. That's why it's fervently. Fervently means you're taught. You're actually, you are, you, are, you are trying to add zeal to it so that you not even think of the person's faults. Because it's easier to see such people amongst the brethren. It's easier to see their faults. Mm. So to be, you have to, to be fervent means to, it's almost like to pour a lot of water Upon a lot of uh, a lot a lot to cover the 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 feeling of that feeling. You know the you know you know the feeling I'm talking about. That feeling of hot against bell. The feeling of the, why is this person still like this? The feeling of um how do I call it? Lack of patience with the person. You know there's some it's like husband and wife. You get so impatient because you know the person so much. You know that person not changing. You get angry, impatient. You guys become so impatient as well. So you have to pour a lot of love on that impatience. So I still never raise it. And you have to do it with effort. Because if you don't do it with effort, that impatience will raise there. Because if you've seen Jenny for four years and she has not seen this thing, this thing that she has been disturbing you with, you see disturbing you with it. Why can she not just see that this is a fault? After this long. <laughs> <laughs> on the flip side, it's good to also check yourself. How am I offending people? How can I correct myself? How can I adjust? It's part of that learning. It's charity. So learn how to cut out the things that anger other people. It's part of being bigger, being charitable. As Paul would say, if you can eat any meat, but if you see a brethren who is weaker, who does because of you, he doesn't want to follow Christ because you are eating meat that he feels that it's religious, he cannot eat. What did Paul say? Don't eat the meat in front of the person. Pack it to go. Is that not to go? <laughs> Do it to go. <laughs> your back and go. <laughs> so sometimes you have to hide. Do you get me? In front of, if you know something is going to offend Shifra, don't do it. Even if to you is a righteousness, what is our problem? You know this? Don't do it in front of her. Try and minimize it in front of her. So that she, you, you don't get her impatient. You don't, you don't provoke. You provoke one another to love, not to, not to anger, not to impatience. You get me? So that the exercise. So it goes both ways. You get me? Goes both, but for you, the, the, the dimension of you, who you have to love fervently to cover your impatience with that person until the impatience dies. So if you find that you're offending somebody, you're offended maybe with Paulette, then it, what your answer to Paulette's offense is make sure you love her double. And if Paulette is also in the feast of charity, she should start being, why is she loving me more like this? You should also be wanting that.
another to what? To love. It's okay. Do you see that? It's okay. You have provoked one another to love because how did how did that happen? Paulette was doing something that was offending Shifra. She has been for a long time. Shifra decided to answer back with love. And Paulette, knowing how these things work, know that something is wrong for her to show me this much love. Are you seeing the, provo- the provocation? So Shifra's love has provoked Paulette to love. I must do so. And part of that Paulette's love is let me cut out this thing I'm doing to offend. Then if I can think about, you will know, somewhere you will know. You will check your spirit, you will know what it is. It will provoke you to love back. So what has now happened between those both of them? For love. Paulette has cut out the excess of offended Shifra and Shifra has shown love to her. So love will begin to multiply. Next time now, Paulette will see this thing that Shifra did with me. Let me try it with Jeannie. Hi. The love will begin to multiply. So when this the thing that Jeannie is doing that's offending Paulette, Paulette will now pour love. And Jeannie being sharp also knows. <laughs> so this who can play the game. You get me? <laughs> what have I done to Paulette that is causing the awful of love? This is provoking one another to love. And this is what it would take for charity entrance into the kingdom. Let's see it. It's still Second Peter. Now I'm rounding up. Praise God. We've entered the spot. Amen. It's good to wait. This is what we're waiting for. This is the sweetness of the spot. It's this provocation of love that will break off together as a company into the kingdom. It means that if God knows that we are multiplying love amongst ourselves, what would, what would we be doing in the everlasting kingdom? Multiplying the same love. We've gotten the expo. We've gotten the wisdom. Why were the kingdom if she doesn't ever raise his head that she wants to offend me? I will meet her before. Why she is yet offending? I'll be I'll be I'll reflect action. I will point the love to provoke her to love. So that that's you, that love I'm provoking will kill the offense and also get her to multiply it. Multiply the love expert. So that's the kingdom. And we have to you have to learn that before you enter, because that's all we'll be doing when we enter. That's the manner of lifestyle in the kingdom. Provoking one another to love. Love it fervently. Let's see it. Let's see it here. Oh, glory to God. Amen. Now we are closing. We are closing. Don't worry. We are closing. Second Peter chapter 1. Oh, glory to God. Verse 8 now. Because we ended charity was the, the peak of it. Now verse 8. Now verse 8. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 9. He that lacketh these things is blind, that cannot see afar off, and have forgotten that he was purged of his old sins. Verse 10. Wherefore the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. What is your calling and election? These things we just say, these developments. Is your calling? And calling means to come somewhere. You are turning up somewhere. Election. Then the elected, you are elected. It's a seal when you get to the top of that mountain, of that calling. So, and then what's the word? Do everything to make your what? Calling and election sure. Are you seeing the word sure again? Yeah. What's it? Really, what's your calling and election? I just explained it. Is that love, that fervent love of the brethren? That is your calling and that is your election. Charity is your calling. 
and charity is the election. Do everything to make it sure, meaning permanent it, make it your home. Sure means make it your home. Make it your what? Your resting place, your home. For if you do these things, you shall what? Never fall. A man who never falls has everlasting what? Because look at verse 11. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I feel this season, this April thing that they are doing is actually abundant entrance. That's what I sense in the spirit. Because it's the ark of the it's the everlasting covenant. Abundant entrance unto the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Jesus, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Why abundant entrance? Praise the name of the Lord. Hi. Abundant entrance doesn't mean that the entrances are many and wide. No. Abundant entrance. What is the way? Christ. Abundant entrance means abundant Christ. <laughs> abundant entrance means my cup runneth over. Abundant entrance is the overflow. You have known Christ to fullness and he has burst over. It means he has become your home. You know, the time will come where you have too much light, too much word. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You've gone mad. Mad in a good sense. Meaning you become like a beast of body. Meaning you are a machine of revelation. Meaning that every day of every second, you are always calculating revelation. <laughs> you get me? While you are hearing messages, revelation is flowing. It is connected. While you are at work, revelation is flowing. If somebody offends you, you already know what to do. You don't want to think it's a reference action. Why? Because of abundant Christ. It's only a friend, you already know what to do. You know the first thing is to not to not to have temper. <laughs> because you get now, now, now that I've mentioned it, you can now be trying act willfully to try it. But this one I'm talking about is a reflex action. You've done temperance so one thousand times that your nature is to be temperate. Loving your brother fervently, you've done it so much that your reflex action. Your reflex action is that if somebody offends you, you pour back love immediately. Your reflex action is what? If somebody offends you, you pour back love in response. That's abundant entrance. It's abundance. It's overflowing. It goes with you everywhere. It's emanating out of you. It's gracing out of you. It's emanating out of you. People can see it on you. Everywhere you go, that thing is going with you. That thing is going with you. It's called ark. The ark. You have become an ark. The thing is going with you. There's one thing that's something thunder. Thunder is sound. Thunder is sound. Voices.
Amen. The time will come, eh? Praise God. Hear me, somebody. I'm closing. The time will come, eh? You'll be hearing voices. <laughs> Let me explain. <laughs> no, that's another You'll be hearing voices. What voices are these? At every situation, every time per second, revelation is flowing in your head. Those are the voices I'm talking about. So, amen. Amen. A man who has crossed over the threshold to everlasting life can see Satan coming from afar off. He already has so many voices that anything Satan wants to try is he offense. You can see it coming. The voices are already answered. That's what I'm saying. In the realm of everlasting life, it's not you that is fighting Satan. It's what is it's the overflow. So many voices that when the offense is coming, you already know the application of what you are going to apply. Okay, this guy is coming this way. So, okay, this one is a forgiveness that I can't do with this one. Okay, this one is even a brethren in charity. It's love. I need to give him love. I'll pour love to, to quench that offense. Okay, this one. Uh, this one, I need to just be temperate. I need to judge it well because this kind, there are some people that you have to respond to them because you have to also judge them. You have to help them. Mm. <laughs> you have to also help them. There are some that are from your training. But after you have been finished being trained, I know you have been trained well. God has made you like a judge. So now, sometimes you are responding to actually help people. To correct them in love. <laughs> all of that will come as a result of all those voices. Those thunders around you. All the knowledge has overflowed now. You know what to apply when. Because your senses have been thoroughly exercised. You have developed everlasting senses. You can judge. So what am I saying? Is Christ, Christ, Christ. Christ, 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 unto abundant Christ. Abundant Christ is everlasting Christ. Oh, glory to God. Hey! Jesus Christ. How many of us know that the Godhead is also a type of Christ? A higher Christ. What's the meaning of Christ? Somebody help me. Christ is not somebody's name, last name. Christ has a meaning. Shema, what's the meaning of Christ? The anointed one. Is the Father not anointed? <laughs> Father means most high anointing. So the Father is just a higher Christ. Reverend calls it this way. Inheritance 1, inheritance 2. You <laughs> get the Christ, meaning the Christ we are learning. Faith, hope, and charity. Being the young father. That Christ is a father. is a young father. The father is a more aged father. Meaning perfect judgment father. They are both Christ. But one is, they call him father. Meaning perfect Christ. Most high Christ. Christ is anointed one. What is the anointing for? For saving salvation. So Christ will be saving you from faith, hope, and charity. What do they call the wall of the city? Salvation. So what is that? 
That is a Christ. A precious Christ. That's what I'll use. Then the last one is a sure Christ. Ah, come on, And a sure Christ, that they call it the sure message of David. A sure Christ is an abundant Christ. An abounding Christ. A Christ that is over that is, that is drowned in the in abound, abundance. Overflow Christ. <laughs> the first Christ is a Christ that you still have to think it twice to do it. That means you don't, what I mean think it twice is that you have the knowledge somewhere, but you also have some other knowledges. So you have to think it twice. So you have to judge between the Christ knowledge you have and the bad knowledge you have. And sometimes you fall seven times, not so. If you're a righteous man, fall seven times. He rises up all seven. That is faith, hope, and charity, Christ. When you come to abundant Christ, the everlasting realm of Christ, Christ to perfection, you have so much Christ, there's no space. When you come to fullness, right, there's no space for wrong Christ anymore. Because the other one is an anti-Christ, meaning another type of Christ. Is that not the total SOS in January? Another type of Christ. An anti-Christ just means an antithetical Christ. Another type of Christ. A wrong type of Christ. Why? How do I know it's a type of Christ? Do people not like him? Or oh, people like him who will come and save them now. But their definition of salvation was what? Give me food to eat and water to drink. We will forget God. <laughs> Men loved him, they don't know. Men loved him. Men opened their heart for him to come into. Meaning he presented a form of a false salvation. A flesh salvation. You will be shocked if we answer the problem of poverty on earth. Everybody will clap for him. So what, what is he really? He's a false Christ. That's it. That means he's a Christ. But a false Christ. And for anything Christ means knowledge. Comes with knowledge. Knowledge of what to do. Skill of what to do. Because he came with the knowledge of how to end poverty. That was one of the type of knowledge he came with. A skill. Am I communicating? A wisdom. Praise the name of the Lord. So, right now, while you are still learning Christ, you still have some false knowledge inside you. Hear me, somebody. I'm beginning to close. Right now, while you are still learning Christ, you still have some what? False knowledge inside you. But immediately you come into fullness of Christ. What happens to the false knowledge? No space. That's why, as I 55, let's see the verse 55. Why do you don't want to make your soul fast? They want to bully out every other form of knowledge inside you. That is not Christ. Let's read Isaiah 55 again. Amen. Oh, everyone that tested, come ye to the waters, and he that had no money, sorry, I'm closing, I'm closing, I'm closing. Oh, everyone that tested, Come ye to the waters, and he, he that had no money, come ye, buy and eat. Yea, come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which satisfies not? Hacking the gently unto me, and eat that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fat. When a soul is so fat, 
What happens if there's space for something else? Are you saying why, 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 why teachings and teachings? Why must you come into many teachings? We want to bully out everything else that's in your soul. We want to bully out every wrong, false knowledge that you have been living by. Every world knowledge that you have been living out. We want to beat it out. We want to bully it out. We want to push it out of you by feeding you with a fatness that will make you full of Christ and have no space for the false one. Is that clear? So in Christ, faith of anxiety, you can war with Satan and come into fullness that you will know that you have enough knowledge, enough capacity to war with him and beat him out. But when you come to abundance, hear me. Hey! Hey! Jesus, this is terrible. I said, when you come to abundant entrance into the everlasting kingdom, Satan cannot smell death. What wrestles with the false Christ? Christ, your knowledge. Now, when you have knowledge that is flowing out of you, out when the false knowledge is coming, it's just meeting the other knowledge halfway, far away from you. <laughs> the knowledge that is your, and that's why the Bible would then say of such people, your righteousness shall go ahead of you, and the glory of God, which comes upon the ark, because you are an ark, shall be your record, your rare reward, your reward behind you. Because the, the glory rests on the ark, you are an ark. But your righteousness will go forth. What is that righteousness going for? Thunderings, voices, earthquake. It's going out of your righteousness. And it's judging the false knowledge that wants to smell close to you. It's abundant knowledge, abundant Christ. Dealing with Satan before Satan comes near to your feet. That is how Satan will be bruised under your feet. Father, we thank you for tonight. We give you praise tonight for victory and understanding in Christ. Reigns of Christ. Christ, 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 Christ. Until we come to everlasting Christ. Senses of Christ. Christ, 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 Christ. Until we come to all of Christ. You will help us. Let's begin to pray. Ich 
Father, we thank you. We give you all the praise, all the adoration. For in Jesus' mighty name, we are prayed. Amen. In Jesus' mighty name, we are prayed. Amen. I also appreciate everyone here for enduring with us. And those online for enduring with us uh, uh, for tonight. Happy Easter. God bless you. Uh, like we said on the message, uh, we'll not be having official meetings, life feast and life meetings until May 1st. We just want to, since the Lord is speaking, we just want to give space for people to connect uh, uh, to the EGFM prayer meetings, uh, which are also world feasts, really, Monday to Fridays, that are going on throughout April. So what will happen is that, I mean, some people walk and understand, the messages will still be online, even after you come back from work. They will be on the YouTube page. Uh, on the EGFM website, and some of them, you don't have to finish everything in April. They still may. So there's going to be a lot of messages that we can be digesting for the rest of this year. I feel like this is like a arc for the rest of the year, really. So we want to give space for it to land. We'll be feasting on it for the rest of the year. We'll be digesting it for the rest of the year. So the Lord bless you as you connect. Our next official meeting will be May 1st, Saturday. Uh, um, the Bible study we hold with Faith Seekers Group will continue to do that on Fridays and stream it. Um, they, they do a Zoom stream, so I, I just spoke to them that they, we can be sharing it on our group too. Instead of us doing Mixed Hour, people can connect on Zoom and watch us on the Friday Faith Seeker meetings. Amen. Uh, praise the name of the Lord. And then I know I still do some one on ones with some people. I'll continue to do that. Uh, but the official meetings, we're going to pause till May 1st. God bless you. Shalom, shalom. Happy Easter. We love you so much. The Lord is your strength. You will learn Christ. You will learn Christ. You will learn Christ until he overflows in your life. In the mighty name of Jesus. 
we are prayed. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Shine for you, dwells between.